The Unlikely Innovators with Mike Comito and Steve Gravel. Presented by Cambrian R&D and the Center for Smart Mining. Mike, the mine of the future is going to be more productive, more efficient, and more safe for everyone. At least so says Don Larson, Digital Solutions Manager at Uprock Canada. It was great to have Don on. What do you think? Yeah, no, it was it was enlightening. I think Don provided some some pretty comprehensive examples of of how the digital solutions that Epiroc is coming up with are helping mines become more productive and more efficient. Right? And I think it's interesting how, you know, we've talked on this podcast, and I think just in general in our line of work that like technology adoption has been slower in the mining industry. I think we've seen a significant and tremendous uptake uptick in the last little while. But it's it's still interesting when you hear these examples about how important this is from identifying losses to, you know, even improving health and safety, right? If you're able to yeah. shave two hours off on a mine rescue, like that's critical, like life-saving time. Right. But, but yep. nevertheless, like s- these are not adopted universally worldwide. Right. So again, mm-hmm. I think we're, we're fortunate here in Canada that you see a lot of these solutions kind of in some of the examples that Don had illustrated, but I think there's still, there's still that adoption gap and that, and that work to do. But again, I, we, we commend Don for leading the charge on that. And I think it was, it was great to hear about some of the exciting stuff that Epiroc is, is doing in that, in that pursuit. Yeah. And I think uh, this episode will be really a lot for the more technically minded mining folks that we have. Um, So without further ado, we'll go to Don Larson, who's going to tell us about uh, her journey towards uh, digital solutions and uh, the mining industry. All right, we're back and we're joined by Don Larson. Uh, Don is the digital solutions manager for Eprock Canada. Um, Don has owned a successful SaaS business uh, for over 14 years before joining Eprock. She's worked in the mining industry, helping to integrate digital technology and software into mines for more than 10 years. Uh, she now leads the Eprock Canada team supporting mines across Canada as they build the mines, their mines digital roadmap and integrate digitalization to improve their mines productivity utilization and safety um and now she's a guest on the unlikely innovators don thanks so much for joining us well thanks for having me i appreciate it so don um what we what we typically do when we have uh, folks join the pod is at the outset we ask um sort of about about the career journey of the individual i know we want to talk about epiroc because you guys are doing some really great things in digital technologies um, but can you talk a bit about your career journey? Did you ever think you were going to end up working in digital solutions and mining when you were sort of deciding on what your career was going to be? No, I didn't. It was kind of funny. I started out in university with software programming. I hated it, quit, uh, went into uh, business uh, administration, and uh, then realized that everything I wanted to do to make things go faster, better, uh, more efficient involved software. So then I went back and uh, obviously got back into the uh, software and programming industry. But it was something, it was a love-hated beginning, and now it's an evil necessity to make things faster, better, and more efficient. Yeah, and and how did you how did you think about mining? How did you how did you make that uh, leap? Well, when we were doing uh, programming and building uh, solutions uh, and automation solutions, uh, meaning automated processes rather than automating uh, equipment, but uh, when we were doing uh, that, uh, many mining companies uh, across the world had come to us and uh, asked us to build little uh, solutions for them. Uh, then we obviously 
because so much mining was in our backyard in uh, northern Ontario, uh, we started to uh, approach mines with our solutions. And so that's how it started. And uh, so a lot of it came even to building uh, automated solutions or digitalizing processes for mining um, service companies as well that integrated or worked with the the mining industry and that's how it uh, how it got all started and the more you get involved with it the more you produce results the the more you get involved in the industry that's great and I, I appreciate the, your story about having to maybe take a step back to really kind of assess you know what you're taking and then ultimately you realize that that's what you needed to do i had had a moment in university where i started off in poli sci realized i hated it and then there was a time when I, I'm like, I'm just going to drop out. I'm going to go rebuild furnaces with Auburn because I used to do that in the summertime. And I thought that would be a great job for me. And then I kind of realized that like, no, I think I, you know, long-term, maybe that's not what I want to do. It was fine in the summer. And then I went back and obviously got back on the straight and narrow. I didn't go back into poli sci, but, uh, mm -hmm. but I did, I did rediscover that I should, I should stay in school. So, but anyway, that's, it's interesting how sometimes, you know, those, the journeys lead to where, where you maybe wanted yeah. to go, but you kind of take a detour to get back on that path. Um, before we, we do talk about some of the really cool stuff that Eprox doing, um, obviously you've been working in the mining technology space, you know, for over a decade now. Um, so maybe more broadly, just wondering, you know, from your lens, what are some of the key takeaways you've noticed in the industry when it comes to, you know, technology adoption, chiefly when it comes to uh, digital solutions over the last, you know, 14 years or so? Sure. Well, it has been a, a slow journey in the mining industry. I've worked with both uh, companies and corporations above ground and below ground. And, uh, you know, uh, above ground corporations and companies were very quick to adopt uh, automation, digitalization, anything for um, optimizing efficiency and also data gathering so that they can make better decisions. Now, the mining industry has been somewhat slower, but uh, now more than ever, the conversations that are happening around using software and technology and digitalizing the mine are, are happening more frequently. Um, mine managers and management are more informed. They realize it's an and needed, it's a necessity for the future to keep them more competitive, keep their costs down and make them more efficient. And so the conversations have really changed where before it was trying to convince minds that that's something they needed. And now they are more convinced and coming to us with a different dialogue, like here's my problems, how can you help me? Before it was, you know, I don't think that'll that'll solve my problem. So we've we've really evolved, and uh, and it's still a slow process because there's a lot of capital or a lot of cost involved with this. But um, you know, mines are now being proactive uh, thinking and actually thinking about the future two to three years off, especially with the, their digital roadmap. Uh, and that's that's super. I was about to make a sarcastic comment saying, what do you mean the mines didn't just uh, adopt all the digital solutions as fast as they could when they came out? But of course, that's not the case in uh, mining or any commodities based industry. But uh, I digress. But you know um, what? There was some really early adopters into the digitalization and they're mostly Canadian mines. So that's exceptional. I'll give a shout out to Hut Bay, Lawler Mind and Valet. Those are, um, you know, and Glencore, um, mm. all local mines that have really been early adopters in digitalization and technology. It's good to be proud of uh, that local effort. Yeah. Um, so now let's, I want to give you a long runway to talk about uh, the fine things you guys are doing at Eparoc. Uh most people, when they think about digital solutions and software, uh, and when they think about mining equipment, you know, how how are these technologies 
like being integrated in mobile equipment you know you you said that like underground mines are good at adopting digital solutions and i think that the start of that was really uh stationary stuff you know for for monitoring and things of that nature how has that happened now with what you're doing uh with epiroc on on mobile platforms well, you're right. You know, people really knew Epiroc as this world-class mining equipment, uh, you know, OEM, and that we have cutting edge, you know, um, automation to really optimize, you know, uh, utilization on equipment. But we've, you know, made some strategic uh, purchases of cutting edge, world-class mining software companies, uh, almost 25 in total, to really provide like a kind of a solution from right from exploration, right to the boardroom, software solutions that can, uh, you know, solve problems, the big mine problems for mines. And so with that, we're coming to the industry and saying, hey, whatever problems you have, we have a software that's um, OEM and technology agnostic that can solve your problems. And so there's, you know, worldwide, wherever we work with mines, typically it doesn't matter what type of mine it is, they have the same kind of problems. You know, they're, um, they don't have real-time data. So they, you know, they can't see what's happening underground. Um, they want to increase their productivity, um, but there's, you know, the, in the old ways, there was only adding more people or more equipment and um, there wasn't a solution to kind of increase productivity efficiently. They want to increase the utilization. They really, you know, they have equipment and people and how can they get the most use and value um, for the time that they have within the mine um, to, you know, be more profitable, but also about reducing costs and really about increasing safety. Like we've come to a point where, you know, mines are really putting it in the forefront that they want to revolutionize their safety underground and uh, looking for ways to do that. And then I guess lastly, uh, one of the main problems is that mine management don't have a really uh, integrative way to uh, know what's happening at the working phase, make real-time decisions that could, you know, um, optimize uh, areas and uh, redistribute, um, you know, assets or equipment to really win the shift. And so software really uh, opens up a great opportunity for them because it solves all of those problems. Uh, there's software to solve anything from productivity to utilization to planning and scheduling to emergency support. And so those are the great things with uh, Epiroc software solutions. And so if I can get into maybe four, just to kind of- Sure, would love to. Yeah, show you what some of the software, and these are the most used or most asked for um, worldwide, but especially in Canada and the area I focus in. So again, we're talking about that there's a lot of data underground or on surface and data is everything from sensors to people, to equipment, to um, fixed assets to um, you know, the um, alleyways or roadways in the mine, to pull-off bays, to uh, refuge stations. It's all data. All that is information that needs to be collected, managed, and monitored. And so it's very difficult or was very difficult until you know, software technology came around. And obviously connectivity and communication infrastructure is the backbone of you know, enabling digital technology. And mines are really moving quickly to, to put that into their minds and, and really you know, um, get connected. So that's a wonderful thing. But with that now uh, opens up the opportunity for situational awareness. And really that's 
you know, software solutions that can um, take the lid off the mine. And then now you can, the mine managers and decision makers and control room personnel can see everything that's going on underground in real time. They can, um, you know, understand where the location of people, equipment, assets are. They can understand what the, the work schedule is for the person or the equipment. They can, you know, um, understand more how to coordinate and manage the activities that are happening underground uh, on a day-to-day -day basis to win the shift. And it's very powerful because it's a 3D map that's available, like Google-like map for the control room or mine personnel. Everyone that, you know, based on user role has access to it on a, a mobile phone, a tablet, or in, a, you know, the control room screens and they can be on-site or off-site. And now real-time decisions can be made, uh, integrative management strategies can be, be implemented, and it can go you know, sort of back and forth. It can be uh, you know, relayed to a mine personnel's tablet or a mobile phone underground, right back to the control room. So they have this two-way access, two-way visual, and a true understanding of what's happening in the mine. And that's been like, if, if I could use the word revolutionary, it's been really powerful in that now it, it frees up or gives minds freedom to make decisions that they wouldn't know to make until after the shift because, you know, um, you know, many minds are still doing it, but using paper and pen, and there's many versions of paper that get handed from uh, person to person or at the end of a shift, and then only collated at the end of a shift for mine management to really understand what happened that day, um, to know how far off or how close they are to the mine plan. And that's critical. Uh, you know, sticking to the mine plan is, is the most important thing. And it has uh, huge impacts, negative impacts, uh, the more deviation there is to the mine plan. So situational awareness is one of the powerful tools that a lot of mines worldwide have implemented. And uh, the second uh, solution is traffic awareness. And so having, uh, this is, you know, wasn't possible before to have a 3D map, Google-like map underground in the cab of the mining equipment to then travel through the dark mines. And the power of it is that it has uh, up to five to 10 meter accuracy, but it also gives mine personnel up to 600 meter notification of oncoming traffic. Really important when obviously we're prioritizing the flow of mine tra traffic and the production vehicles. And, um, you know, there's no more going to back down ramps or no more uh, potential incursions. And traffic flow is optimized now because mine personnel or mine vehicles can understand that, you know, the production vehicles have priority and they can see proactively that they should, you know, pull off into a pull off base so that, you know, the uh, uh, production vehicles are you know, have a safe flow. And, it, you know, there's so much ramifications from that, that, you know, now uh, production vehicles have less wear and tear, um, you know, it's, you know, faster tight uh, cycle times, you know, increased flexibility. And sometimes in some mines, we've seen like in Blackrock mine, they've actually were able to, once they manage the traffic flow to increase the amount of equipment they had underground as a result of really, you know, building up their traffic strategy using traffic awareness. And, um, you know, again, when and if there was an emergency, the uh, tablet that's in the mine vehicle alerts the 
operator, but also gives them instructions on where the three closest refuge stations are. So it gives them a map. And if or when the mine vehicle is out of connectivity, they still have full access to the mine map because it's been, you know, uh, uploaded into the tablet and uh, and they still have, you know, the map to get through until they get to the next uh, area of connectivity. So it's really powerful. And again, with this, um, you know, some mines have used it to gain the historical data so that they could actually review the timestamps and, and understand where the traffic flows are so that they could build strategies around traffic management. So it's been hugely powerful in terms of optimizing efficiencies for a lot of mines worldwide. So the next uh, solution is short interval control planning and scheduling. So software that can maximize, um, you know, work orders, uh, the flow of work orders, take information through, um, you know, interfacing with other technologies through mid and long-term planning and use this short-term scheduler to actually push work orders or tasks through to the mine personnel's tablet or um, the um, mine Android phones so that they can, you know, get that information at the working phase, but also the mine personnel at the working phase can now use these tablets or Android phones to, to, you know, um, update um, work orders or um, identify where they're at, if there's delays or if they need some more materials. Um, but there's, you know, in the short interval control software, there's forms and, and sheets where they can, you know, identify how many meters drilled, uh, bolts used, um, you know, buckets hauled. And so you have a lot of real-time data and where you have mine managers at the other end of this information that now is seeing what's happening real-time in the shift, they can really proactively make decisions. And if one area of the mine is underperforming where another one is overperforming, they can redistribute assets or they can, you know, redistribute personnel to really make sure that they win the shift. And more importantly, with this short interval control software, again, it's historical data, it's time stamped, it's um, this decision was made at this time. And what it does is now um, you can see what decisions were made in the, in the shift and how they impacted the long-term plan. Mm -hmm. And then vice versa, the long-term plan can be readjusted and redeployed through the short interval control shift scheduler. So it's really a two-way uh, information. And for mines that are using this, they're saying that it's increased their productivity up to 18% and decreased their um, lost time on logistics and utilization by uh, up to 38% in some mines. So the last software I wanted, oops, sorry. No, sorry. I was just going to jump in, Don, because I think obviously with like the way you're describing this and how, you know, useful these technologies are increasing productivity, um, there's still obviously, you know, a technology adoption barrier, you know, in, in any sector, but obviously in mining, we know that as well. In terms of like some of these technologies and platforms, like what are some of the barriers that still exist now? Because obviously listening to you describe these things, like we know how valuable they are but still like you still have to kind of fight that, that adoption curve. So in your mind, what, what is, what are some of the key barriers that Epiroc is kind of up against today and, and how do you guys solve them in order to kind of really show the value of these products and platforms and say this, you need this and let me help you integrate it so that you can take advantage. 
Well, many mines have already, you know, worked through this change management process and in terms of uh, integrating and uh, trying to, you know, gain adoption with the mine personnel. And, you know, I can use, say, Hut Bay in Canada, Lawler Mine, where, um, you know, the, uh, the lead there, Mike Janikowski, said that by, you know, implementing an effective change management strategy and really showing uh, mine personnel how this made their jobs faster, better, and easier. And in one key area where now mine personnel who would take maybe 40 to 50 minutes to, you know, get to their equipment and get, you know, uh, to actually the task of work when, you know, the software actually made their job easier and they were getting to work faster, they realized that this was a solution that was really going to help them. And so they found adoption in that mine quite quick and fast. And, uh, you know, another one would be Cueba mine in Brazil, where the mine manager there said, you know, uh, again, sometimes it was an hour. Um, it's the deepest mine in the world. And uh, it, it takes almost 40 minutes just to get down underground, never mind get to the equipment. And so mine personnel felt like this was really um, solving a lot of their problems in that it was helping them find their equipment quicker through situational awareness. They knew where to you know, find their, their equipment. And uh, because of traffic awareness, they were getting to their equipment faster and you know, their uh, traffic congestion was less. So you know, it, it doesn't take long for mines to show and demonstrate where mine personnel you know, makes their jobs easier or at least safer and, uh, and makes getting their job done more efficient. So the so change management, there's some really good, um, I share on LinkedIn, many uh, success stories of where mines have really implemented some good change management. And I guess the last thing would be rewarding adoption of using technology. Mm -hmm. In the mining industry, we're very focused on, you know, meters drilled, um, buckets hauled, cycle times. Um, and some mines are adjusting that to say, okay, so um, the drill was used in, um, you know, in the automation mode more than the manual mode. And so rewarding uh, and incentivizing based on using the technology rather than our traditional, um, you know, uh, recognition or and bonuses. So that's been a really positive step forward in trying to uh, move change management and integration into the mines. Yeah, and I think um, we, we uh, I wanted to, sort of leap off on that i think um well i think you want to talk about uh, one more area but in so doing could you mm -hmm. also um maybe talk about i wanted to ask sort of like a broad question to sort of finish our time together sure. uh, but but do talk about that last thing you wanted to mention and also um because you have your finger on the pulse so to speak of, of digital technologies and mining if you could kindly just think about five maybe probably 10 year horizon is a better one of mm -hmm. where you think uh digital technology is going what will the mine in 10 years look like uh, compared to now so if you want to if you want to tackle that sure sure so the last solution is sort of emergency support and again you know mines have a big focus on making sure that they've got all the optimal safety measures in place and so now digital software with the situational awareness where you can identify in real time where uh, mine personnel and equipment are in the case of an emergency be it a fire and you know it's very difficult to see in the mine with this technology mine personnel wear a, a companion tag or a cap lamp that links or they have their um, mine Android phone, instantly they can be alerted to the uh, an emergency. 
Uh, and based on what kind of companion tag or Android phone they're using, they can either get communication from the control room telling them uh, what the emergency is and what to do, but they can also in real time, you know, um, respond to the emergency to notify mine personnel that, that they are uh, alerted of the emergency and that they're making their way to the refuge station. And like I said, if they're in a vehicle, they have a map to the ref three closest refuge station. If they're using uh, the Android phone, um, they can have a map to the, uh, the refuge station as well. And so these are really powerful solutions that shave, uh, in some minds have said, two hours off of manual rescue time where you know, you're not calling into the refuge station and calling down uh, off the tag board. You can know in real time where everyone is and Mind Rescue can now you know, go right to identifying the um, mind personnel that need their support and help uh, the fastest and really focus on that. And some minds like um, uh, have mentioned that with the emergency support drills that they have to do, that um, they can get into the refuge station in 10 minutes with a whole mine. And uh, like Fosterville Mine in Australia really focused on this. And they said when they do their mine rescue drills, they've shaved 40 minutes off of the, um, the drills. So that's powerful 40 minutes is a long time and two hours off a manual rescue is is great so so definitely that's a solution that's been uh, adopted worldwide now to answer your question yeah, um, crystal ball this for us <laughs> yeah well no it's easy to see it really is because i see it unfolding already one of the questions that uh, comes up a lot is, well, this is, you know, digital technology is going to uh, reduce the um, workforce. And what we're seeing evolving is that it's not, in essence, reducing the workforce. It's actually giving mine personnel a safer, better working environment. So that truck driver is still um, operating their truck but they're operating their truck remotely in a much more comfortable environment. So they're using, you know, tele-remote, et cetera. And it's, it's happening already worldwide. We see that, you know, um, there are mine uh, personnel operating equipment that's 1300 kilometers away from where they're located. And, you know, they're in a, you know, quite nice environment. So the evolution of the job is going to, to be different um, and, and require that, you know, there's some up-leveling on skills, but, but not dramatic up-leveling. It's, you know, you're, there's, they um, say drill operators and truck operators, they know their skills and now they're just applying them with technology, but really enjoying so far the feedback has been enjoying that, you know, this is a much safer environment um, and that they're being much more productive. You know, we always want to be adding value to our work and, and really seeing that we're upping product productivity and efficiency is, is, you know, a bonus that we hear from a lot of people. Now, the other thing is that, you know, they say, well, you know, there could be a reduction in workforce, but really what we're finding is that it's helping the workforce um, be um, more, um, you know, skilled at their work because now, you know, drill plans and uh, the, the data that analyzes um, how people are working, we can actually help them be better at their, at their jobs. And case in point, uh, there was a mine that we went in to do some consulting because we have a, a mine consulting team at Epiroc that goes around and really solves big mine problems for mines. And they went to this one particular mine where there was three scoop operators, but one was always, um, you know, uh, slower on their time and producing less buckets. And the mine had sent this operator out for three different training sessions, three weeks. The, that means his scoop was down for three weeks. 
Anyway, when we analyzed the data, we saw that he didn't require these three full weeks of training, that the area that he needed just some support was in the actual scooping of the bucket. So they then sent this scoop tram operator for one day of training focused just on how to, the, how to perfect the scoop. Um, they realized within a few weeks time that he was keeping up with his colleagues. And over that nine month period, we analyzed that um, while this was happening, there was a $1.7 million loss in productivity. But by analyzing the data and helping this operator be more efficient, they kind of plugged the hole on that loss. And he was, you know, keeping up with the um, colleagues and obviously feeling better that he was uh, able to do that. And so the only other thing with um, it, with sort of the mind of the future is that, you know, we are going to be reducing our uh, required to reduce emissions and really to work to that environmentally friendly um, environment. And so there's going to be battery operated vehicles and, and, and the whatnot, but there's definitely uh, operators and skilled people around those new positions and that new technology that will be required. And we see it already locally and Cambrian College uh, responding to the BEV uh, industry, and it's it's exciting. And as the same thing with digital technology, all of a sudden specialized data analysts, um, technology people, IT professionals are, are starting to be recruited en masse to the mines and are playing a very, very important role in helping mines become more efficient and productive. Well, Don, it actually is coming at a very uh, good point. Uh, and I would thank you for joining us because uh, mineral demand is only going up with this critical mineral surge and doing it more productively and efficiently uh, through some of the solutions you guys provide is definitely uh, going to be welcome in the future. So Don Larson, thanks so much for joining us on the Unlikely Innovators today. Thank you very much. Thanks, Don. Appreciate it. Steve, but if you're here, who's in Timmins? Yeah, I know it's a good point, Mike. I did clone myself years ago. This is the younger version of myself that you, you're seeing here. Uh, no, of course, we uh, we recorded this ahead of time, Mike. Um, but this is being released uh, during uh, the week of the Timmins Mining Show. Uh, last night, I just, uh, or sorry, tonight I'll be sleeping at uh, Cedar Meadows Resort. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, I'm told the wolves aren't there yet, so they won't be waking me up with their howling. That would be, yeah, I mean, I guess that's kind of, uh, that would be a nice thing to have, I guess, if you really want to experience a northern uh, mm -hmm. getaway, so to speak. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, so what Steve is alluding to is that the, the one of the hotels in Timmins is Cedar Meadows Spawn Resort, which I've, I've stayed at myself. And I know that they have elk and swans, but apparently they have timber wolves, which is news to me. It's gray um, wolves. Gray, gray wolves, sorry. Yeah. But nevertheless... Uh, that that is, uh, I, I'm 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 missing out on this. I, I I do regret this now that I will not get to see a gray wolf. But, uh, but maybe I've been eaten already. Who knows? This could be my <laughs> posthumous delivery. Oh my gosh! But uh, but Timmins is a city with the heart of gold. Yeah. Um, when did you, you not live there? I did. I lived in Timmins for a brief period, uh, grade seven and nine. Sears Brat. Sears Brat moved around base to base. Um, yeah. When you think of Timmins, who's the first person that comes to mind? Oh, uh, Shania Twain? Yeah, of course it's Shania Twain. I mean, Steve Sullivan would have been an acceptable answer, NHL player. We're not getting hockey in this played, episode. Played We're for not, the Toronto Maple Leafs. We almost Leafs. made it. We almost made it. <laughs> uh, 
I was actually going to say uh, uh, James Cameron, but he's from Capascasing. That's right. That's a good pull. But yeah. no, the last thing I'll say, it's it's funny how, you know, an, an unlikely musical journey. When I was a kid, you know, when you're younger and you're rebelling against your parents, like I was living in Timmins, they dragged me to a Shania Twain concert nice. like, at, uh, I think, Hollinger Park in Timmins. It was outdoor. And at that time, I was listening to punk rock music, so I hated the idea of being going to the Shania Twain concert. Yeah, way but now too that, cool. But now that older Mike appreciates like the gamut of music and loves Shania Twain, uh, and obviously when the documentary came out last summer, like that's mm -hmm. all we were listening to. Now the girls love Shania Twain. Like yeah. I, I definitely did not appreciate that experience because I would give anything now to see Shania Twain outdoors, and I tried to do that in Toronto, as you well know, didn't get it done. But but anyway, yeah. All that to say, I don't know where this is going, but I guess like Shania Twain is, Shania Twain's is cool. amazing and uh, <laughs> and Timmins is a city with the heart of gold. So uh, if you're at this the Canadian Mining Expo, hope you're having a good show uh, and do please listen to this this episode. I know that obviously if you're at the show floor and uh, and doing deals and doing business, uh, you might have a commute on the way back. So pop this in. Have a listen. Hopefully and don't Steve's forget that if you're if you're single and ready to mingle, don't forget to ask anyone you meet at the conference whose bed their boots have been under. Oh. Bye, everyone. The Unlikely Innovators with Mike Comito and Steve Gravel, presented by Cambrian R&D and the Center for Smart Mining.